know, friends, I really kind of was praying and, and really asking the Lord, what should I share with you today on this Easter day? And to be honest with you, I, I struggled with it because I, I thought to myself, wow, maybe I should come and just share about all the reasons that you should believe in the resurrection of Jesus. And there's a lot of good reasons. But then the Lord kind of adjusted my heart and brought me to a different place. And what I'd like to do today is actually teach you how to have an encounter with Jesus. I wanna teach you how to meet Jesus. How you can actually experience the risen Jesus. And then you can decide for yourself whether he's real or not. So would you go on a journey with me? Would you walk with me in this? I'd love to teach you and share with you what it means to walk with a living God. This is what we celebrate on Easter. Let me tell you, when I first got my driver's license, I avoided the highways. I was scared of them, I know. Anybody else scared of the highways when they first started driving? Whatever. <laughs> Not the only one. Everybody online was raising their hands, by the way. <laughs> I, uh, I avoided them, and I found all different kinds of ways to get places well, on the back roads of Connecticut. But there are some places I couldn't get to. I, I, I would have to take the highway. And I remember a couple of occasions, friends would call and say, hey, do you want to meet at the mall? And I didn't know how to get to the mall from New Milford all the way to the mall. And so, and so I'd have to say, no, I, I can't go. And I would never tell them why, because I was a little bit embarrassed. I'm no longer embarrassed because I, I'd like to share with you, I drove on the highway to get here this morning. <laughs> come on, come on, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yep, and did it safely, so that's good. You know, sometimes you have to take the road in order to experience all that there is in life. Sometimes you have to take the road in order to really discover everything that there is in life. And I wanna invite you on the road today that Jesus takes because you have to get on the road to experience the goodness of who God is. You have to really get on the road and take a, a real good look at who Jesus is. And I, I wanna welcome you on the journey today. I wanna welcome you onto the road. You see, in our passage today that was read, there are several different roads that the followers of Jesus travel on and they meet Jesus on these roads. The first road is the road to the tomb. Now imagine the women, in Matthew's gospel it says, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. This is probably the Mary and Martha. If it was the mother Mary, they probably would have said it was the mother Mary. So this is probably the Mary and, from the Mary and Martha story. And the women are headed to the tomb. Now remember that there was a silence on Saturday. There was mourning on Saturday. Think about what happened on Friday where Jesus was put on a cross, brutally treated and crucified. He was placed in a tomb where he laid dead. And on Saturday, you have to imagine the great mourning that took place, these two Marys going to the tomb who knew Jesus well, who had been healed by Jesus, who had been delivered by Jesus, and now they're walking to the tomb. You have to think that their hearts were heavy. But I love in our passage today, it says that as they went, early on Sunday morning, a new day was dawning. I love that. Have you ever just woken up and the day previous was really bad, but for some reason you feel like this is a new day? A new day is, is dawning. Something new is about to happen. 
the women as they head towards the tomb, a new day was dawning. The silence of Saturday was about to be broken. Good news was about to come. And I love this. They, they approached the tomb, and, and there at the tomb, the stone had been rolled away. An angel from heaven came down and was sitting on top of the stone. I love that picture. Just picture that with me. I imagine the angel just kind of sitting there going, that was no problem for me. That was no big deal. Welcome. Then you know, notice the other thing that's at the tomb as the, the women come up is that the guards, the, the, the men guards, out of fear, fainted as if they were dead. But the women stood up straight. Huh? Huh? Right? <laughs> Some people don't like me right now. But they, there they were. They just, and the angel had a message for them, didn't he? I love that message that the angel has. He says, don't be afraid. Why? Because a new day was dawning. Don't be afraid. I love how the angel says, listen, you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. It's implying that he was here. That was yesterday. But he's no longer here because today is a new day. A new day is dawning. Come, come and see Look where he was lying. He was lying here. If you would have come yesterday, you would have found him here. But today, he's no longer here. Why? Because a new day is dawning. You're stepping into a new day. I love this new day, this good news that had come. Jesus was alive, the one who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and they hailed as the son of David, was truly the son of David, the Messiah, the one who had come to usher in a kingdom that would never end. And those who thought it had ended in his death had been fooled. He conquers death and overcomes it. Yesterday he was dead, but today he has overcome death. It is a new day. Hope had returned within them. Imagine the women now as they leave the tomb. Hope returned, peace returned, joy instilled in their souls. A new day had come. And the angel tells them to go and fetch the disciples. Go and, and go and get the disciples. Tell them everything that you have seen and everything that you had heard. And so with renewed hope, the women turned and took the road to the upper room to tell the disciples. And on the road to the upper room, an encounter was waiting. Have you ever thought in your life about decisions that you've made? And have you ever thought to yourself, what if I didn't make that decision? What would life look like? I've, I know I've thought about that several different times. You know, well, what if I didn't choose to go to that school? Would my friendships be different? Yes. Well, what if I didn't take that job? What if she didn't say yes to that first date? I'd be a different person. <laughs> what if? What if? And you think about these critical decisions, maybe even lighter and smaller decisions that you make, and you think about, well, what if I didn't make that decision? What would have the outcome been? One decision can change the course of your life. The women here had a critical decision to make. Would they believe what the angel told them? And would they go and tell the disciples everything they had heard? Would they act in their faith? Would they act in their belief? 
You know, I love how the women, they didn't just kind of, you know, pull each other aside and, and weigh the pluses and minuses of the situation. Hey, what if we, what if we don't go? What, what, what would that look like, you know? You know, maybe we shouldn't go because if we're wrong, we're gonna be made to look foolish. No, 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 we need to go. Didn't, don't you remember? That was an angel of the Lord. We should really go. No, they don't do any of that. They don't hesitate. No, they get on with it. In their belief, in their faith, they step out, and as they go, I love in Scripture, it says this, as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. As they went, as they stepped out in their belief, as they stepped out in their faith, how much doubt did they have? I'm not sure, but they had enough belief, enough faith to step out. And as they went, Jesus met them. Jesus greeted them. Friends, I wonder, do you want to know how to encounter Jesus today? Do you want to know how to experience God? I'm going to tell you today, and then you can test me on it. Do you want to know how to encounter Jesus? It happens in motion. It happens as we step out in faith. It happens as we step into belief. Whatever amount of faith it is, when we invest in our belief, Jesus meets us there. Spencer believed he could be a drummer. And so he came to me and he, he asked me for drum lessons. This is many years ago. I said, sure, I'd be happy to teach you drum lessons. And, and Spencer had these, you know, this picture of him like Neil Peart or Buddy Rich already, you know, just playing the drums, the whole set. He was disappointed on the first lesson when I gave him a drum pad. He's like, what's this? This is where we're starting, Spencer. This is where we start. You just start on a drum pad and with sticks, and I'm gonna share some rudiments with you, some single strokes, some devil strokes, some perididdles, some things like this, and you're gonna learn those before you jump to the drum set. You jump to the drum set right now. You haven't invested enough right now to know how to play the drum set. Ah, oh, he's disappointed. I sent him back after the first lesson, said, listen, Spencer, do these things, practice these things, and we'll meet again next week. I remember when Spencer returned he returned at the same level of skill. He didn't invest in practicing. He didn't listen to my instructions. He refused to practice, refused to listen to the instructions. He refused to invest. So he never got to experience the thrill of playing. I remember at one point he asked me, why am I not getting any better? I'm taking lessons. <laughs> I said to him, Spencer, all you're doing is showing up to lessons. You're not making any investment. How can you expect to just show up to lessons and get any better? You know, friends, there's a, a biblical principle here. You know, I suppose we give up on most things when we're not willing to invest in them because generally, if you don't invest, you don't see a return. And this is a biblical principle. It's the way to experience God. Step out. Trust the things of God. Trust the things he's called us to. Make an investment. As they went, Jesus met them on the road and greeted them. But you might say, well, listen, it's harder for us. You know, the women at the tomb, they, they had it easier because an angel of the Lord came and spoke to them and told them exactly what to do. Brian, I've never had an angel of the Lord come and knock my door open and sit on the door frame. It's never happened. And he's never told me exactly what to do. 
Well, I guess I, I would just make a brief argument and say, actually, the Lord has told us exactly what to do. He's given us his instructions. He's, he's told us about the way to live our lives. He's, he's told us and taught us how to meet with him. He's told us and taught us all about who he is through his word. And now he's, he's waiting for us to, as they went, he's waiting for us to step out in our belief, step out in our faith, and he's ready to meet us there. Friends, I don't want us to overcomplicate faith. Don't overcomplicate it. God calls us to pray. Pray. He's gonna meet you there. When I, when I say pray, I'm, I'm talking about literally take time in your day to focus your attention on the Lord. Bring your requests to him. He, he tells us in scripture we can ask for things. Bring your burdens to him and then pause and, and listen. Actually pray. Don't just text message, prayed. Don't just hashtag praying. Pray. Spend time with the Lord. He meets us there. The Lord calls us to serve one another. Serve one another. Look for opportunities to bless one another. God will meet you there. Look for places and opportunities to be generous. God teaches us to be generous, to give of ourselves, to give of our resources, to bless others. He calls us to love our neighbor as ourself. Trust me. When you're giving of yourself, God is going to meet you there. Live to bless others. He will meet you there. Listen to him. Forgive. I don't want to forgive, Pastor Brian. <laughs> That's a bad idea. No, God calls us to forgive. And actually, when we step out in faith and we forgive one another, God meets us there. He meets us there. He gives us the strength to forgive and to forgive again. Seek him, worship him. These are the things that the Lord calls us to through his word. And as we step out in belief and faith and as we seek him in these ways, he meets us and he greets us there. Invest in your relationship with the Lord. I wanna encourage you that you can encounter Jesus today. I believe you can. And what I came here to do today for all of you in the room, for all of you online, is I wanted to teach you as practically and as clearly as I possibly can how to meet with Jesus, how to do it. It starts with a commitment. At whatever level you can, it starts with a commitment of saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm committed to get on the road with you. Jesus, I'm committed to step out in whatever faith that I do have, whatever level of belief that I do have, I'm, I'm gonna commit right now to seek you out, Jesus. A lot of people are telling me you're alive. I'm gonna check it out for myself right now. I'm gonna commit to doing that. It starts there. The second place that, 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 it, that it happens is by turning from all those barriers that keeps us from God. And all of us have them. All of us have them. All of us have them. Those things that keep us from the Lord. Those places you go that you know you shouldn't go. Those things you say that you know you shouldn't say. That gossip that you share that you know you shouldn't gossip. That bitterness in your heart that you have that you know shouldn't be there. And we just say, Lord, I confess of these things. Take them from me. And this is the beauty of the work of the cross is that Jesus takes them from us. He cleanses us. 
And so we make a commitment and then we turn from the things that are barriers between us and him and then we get in motion. And when we're in motion, God meets us there. We begin to step out into the things God called us to and God meets us there. He's gonna surprise you. He's gonna speak to you. I have confidence in this. I have confidence. I'm trying to teach you how to encounter Jesus because I believe if you take me up on this challenge, you're gonna come back here saying, oh my goodness, God met me there. God spoke to me in my hurt. God knew exactly what I needed. God delivered a friend that I have been praying for. God has just delivered me from this resentment, from this unforgiveness, from this hurt, and from this pain. Brian, you, you, you can't even believe it, but I will believe it. God met me there. Jesus teaches us this in Mark 1. The language he uses is repent and believe. Turn from those things that keep you from God and then get in motion. Believe. <laughs> Believe is not a passive word. It's an active word. It's not just thoughts. It's action. Believe. Step out in faith in the things God has called you to. And he meets us there. I love after the women go and tell the disciples, they instruct the disciples to go to Galilee and Jesus would meet them there. And on the road to Galilee, as the disciples go, they, they meet Jesus there on the top of a mountain. And Jesus gives them a promise. He says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When Jesus meets his disciples in Galilee, he gives them a commission and he gives them a promise. I love that he gives them a mission. You know, what I love about our God is he doesn't say, hey, I'm gonna save you, redeem you, and then I'm gonna put you in the waiting room until I return because if I don't, you're going to mess up everything, right? We do that sometimes with each other, right? You just stay over here, right? You're not playing in the game, right? But what God does instead is he says, I'm gonna save and redeem you and then I'm gonna give you a great mission so that now you can be the light into the world. Get going, get in motion, and so his great commission is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them everything that I have taught you. We're not making disciples of ourselves, we're making disciples of Jesus Christ and this great mission he gives us. You know what's wonderful to have a mission? Actually, as humans, we need a mission. It's really bad when we don't have something that we're doing, that we're invested in. The thing I, I really love about Christ Jesus is that he gives us everything we need. And what I mean by that is this. He gives us our identity, he gives us our purpose, and he gives us our mission. You need these three things to thrive in life. You need to know who you are, you need to know why you're here, and you need to know what you're supposed to be doing. And in Jesus, we have all three of those things. That when we come into Jesus, we learn that we are the children of God. I am the son of a king. You are the son or the daughter of King Jesus. This is who you are. You're a child of God. This is your secured identity in him. And he gives us a purpose. Our purpose is to go and worship, to worship him. This is what we've been created to do, to worship him, to serve the Lord. And then he gives us this great mission to go out and make disciples. What does that mean? That's just a fancy way of saying show and tell, show and tell. 
Show who Jesus Christ is to the world. Show his light, his love, his mercy, his grace. Show his peace and tell people about Jesus Christ. And then this is what Jesus says. This is your mission, but I'm not gonna leave you empty-handed. In fact, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna make you a promise. And that promise is, I'm gonna be with you always. You know, there are a few things that I say to my girls. If you didn't know, I have, I have four daughters, and there are a few things that I, I continually say to them. I, I won't tell you all of them, but let me just share a few of them. I'll pick the best ones. Pick up your shoes. There's increasingly more shoes in my house. I actually, there are a lot of them are mine, actually. <laughs> Turn your lights off. I don't understand this. I don't understand why they're always on. They're on right now, I'm sure of it. I just had a little, like, you know, stressed right there in my life. You just saw it. Life isn't always fair. We're going in 10 minutes. I say that about 40 minutes in advance. Here's my favorite. No. Sometimes parents just need to say no, right? Let me give you some better ones. I often say to my girls, I love you. And then I say, so much, so much. I want them to know that my love is beyond what they could imagine. I love you so much. You get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. Oftentimes I'll go and I'll hug them and I'll say, never leave me. <laughs> yeah, I know, some of you are laughing right now. I know they're going to leave me. And so I hold on, I said, never leave me. I remember when they were younger, what I would often say to them is I'd come and, and when they got hurts or they were hurting or they were struggling or they were anxious about something, I, I still do this. I'll go to them and I'll just say, I'm here. I'm here. And then sometimes I'll say to them, and that's all you need. <laughs> never leave me. <laughs> I'm here. I just want you to know I'm here and I'm for you no matter what. I love how Jesus, who by the way is God, says to us, I am with you always. I am with you always. We never have to fear that we will be alone. He is always with us. His peace, his power, his wisdom, his comfort, his presence will always be with us. He doesn't leave us empty-handed. He gives us this great promise and he delivers on his promise by giving us his spirit that lives within us. Let me close by telling you a story. The year was 1932. The Yankees were in the World Series playing against the Chicago Cubs. It was game three and the score was tied four to four in the ninth inning. Babe Ruth came to the plate. Stood at the plate and the first pitch came, strike one. Before the second pitch came, he, he pointed out to center field, to the center fence indicating that he was going to hit a home run right there. Call it crazy, call it arrogant, he was calling his shot. Next pitch came, strike two. Third pitch came, Babe Ruth swung, hit the ball, hit it directly over center field. Many people still talk about this story. Why? They talk about the story because a man made a claim and then fulfilled that claim. We wouldn't be telling the story if Babe Ruth pointed to center field and then struck out. It's not a story. It's not interesting. 
Big deal. It's not much of a story when someone claims to do something and then fails to accomplish it. Do you know Jesus pointed to something as well? He pointed to an empty tomb. On several occasions, he said to his disciples, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be sentenced. I'm going to be crucified. But on the third day, mark this on your calendars. On the third day, I'm going to rise from the dead. And he fulfilled his promise. He conquered death. And he fulfills all of his promises. Because of an empty tomb, we can be confident that Jesus is going to fulfill all of his promises. That he is a person, he is a God of his word. Did you know that Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You can be confident in that because of an empty tomb. Jesus said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. You can be confident in that because there was an empty tomb. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. You can be confident of that because there's an empty tomb. Jesus said, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You can be confident and hopeful for your future because there is an empty tomb. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came so that you will have life and have it abundantly. And you can be certain of that life, that abundant life, because there's an empty tomb. Friends, I want to invite you this Easter to not just consider taking the road. I want to encourage you and challenge you to take the road, to get on the road. As they went, they met Jesus, and he greeted him there. The challenge is very clear this morning, this Easter. I'm holding back no punches this Easter. I want to challenge you to get in motion. Start a journey with Jesus if you've never started one before. Do you want to know if Jesus is real? Then commit to follow him. Step out in faith and belief. And as you go, I believe Jesus is going to reveal himself to you. And then you're going to be certain that he's with you. Seek him out. If you're already in motion, I want to challenge you, stay in motion. Stay in motion. Keep loving and serving and seeking Jesus. Friends, today on Easter Sunday, we have the great privilege of doing some baptisms. And right now we're gonna do three baptisms. Let me just share a little bit about that as the worship team comes forward now. You know, we do baptisms as a sign of what a person is already committed to. These three people have given their life to Jesus. They've had an encounter with Jesus. They have a relationship with Jesus. And now they want all of you to know, everybody online and everybody right here, they want you to know that they've given their life to Jesus, that he's real in their lives. And so they're going to give their testimony in just a moment, and then we're going to baptize them. Baptism is is a symbol, but it's a spiritual symbol. They go under the water. That's a symbol of the death to their old life. They come out of the water, which symbolizes their new life, being freed and forgiven into their new life with Christ Jesus. And I pray that as we baptize today, that we would just celebrate the goodness of Jesus, that he is alive that he does walk with us. I'm gonna invite our friends to come forward and you guys can come and I wanna ask you to share your testimonies with us.